probably the most important skill that you should develop as a marketer is asking questions of your customers and understanding your customers. Hey team, I want you to meet Vlad Blagojevich, co-founder of FullFunnel.io. But first, here's what Danny Wolf said about Vlad. First, I definitely recommend um, Vladimir Blagojevich. My goodness, I hope I'm saying his name right. He's the co-founder of FullFunnel.io. I actually follow him on LinkedIn and yeah, he's helping B2B marketers who market to people in accounts that have long sales cycles like me and helping helping us out do things a little bit more strategically and methodically. I think the way he educates B2B marketers with his smart playbooks is is awesome. It's so useful. And he's one of those people who understands the value of simplicity and practicality. And, and again, people who do that are going to win. Vlad, what are three ways your team converts your market into revenue? Well, first of all, Basically, we have a calendar of what we call like frequent and regular marketing activities. So, for example, we have daily, uh, both Andre, my co-founder, myself, will write and post a LinkedIn post and engage with our audience. We have our own community, The Trenches, which is a B2B marketing community where we also engage every day. Every week... We run our own podcast, the Full Funnel B2B Marketing Podcast, actually live, you know, with B2B marketing leaders, where people from our community come, can ask live questions and engage with, you know, some of the best minds in the market. We run uh, weekly two newsletters. We have monthly webinars and two times a year, we also run a B2B Marketing Summit, a Full Funnel B2B Marketing Summit. Uh, the last one, I think, had more than 5,000 subscribers. We only really started, let's say, if I, if I re reflect, we only really started a little bit more than a year ago working together with Full Funnel. And uh, thanks to all these activities, we grew our newsletter to more than 12,000 people, got LinkedIn following, I think, uh, right now is whatever, about 25K between the two of us. We had probably more than 10,000 people su subscribe and attend our events. And just like in 2021, just from, from these activities, we generated 61 inbound opportunities, right? So just like this frequent, consistent uh, communication works really well for us. So how do we convert, let's say, all that attention and all that awareness and demand into revenue is what we basically do is we help B2B tech brands with six-figure deals implement proven playbooks uh, to drive awareness and demand and land six-figure opportunities um, with, let's say, 20% plus of target accounts. So when you're in that situation where, where you need to land large deals, you don't need a lot of clients, but you need the right ones. So how do you maximize that? How do you actually get opportunities with, let's say, 20, 30, 40% of your target accounts? And we like to use those playbooks. They are like tried and tested. We like implemented it so, so many times. And we have them implemented as a digital uh, on-demand course. We have cohort courses where we go work with group of companies implementing those. We have, you know, one-on-one -on -one consulting as well. And that's how we actually help our clients and 
earn our revenue. And maybe just to mention like basically a third way or, or like related to that. So how, how does that happen? So normally, uh, most of our inbound, uh, most of our consulting clients are inbound or referrals. Uh, so people who are just like coming to us and we actually always have to say uh, no a lot of times and like digital products, we, uh, sell usually during launches and from our email list, uh, while the cohort courses, actually the group courses and coaching mostly come via, you know, one-on-one -on -one chats and engagement on LinkedIn, email, our Slack group, et cetera. What are three hard problems that you recently overcame? The problem that had the biggest impact was when we started Full Funnel, Andre and myself decided that we are never going to do any execution. We're not going to work as an agency. We just want to like be purely advice, you know, courses, etc. So that wasn't easy, but it is something that we managed to build. The next one is really changing the way that we work and changing for myself, like changing the way that I work so that in, instead of like being busy, 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 uh, I can devote maybe 50 to maybe sometimes even 70% on really high leverage activities. Uh, I mentioned all the activities that we do online, all right? I mean, it's just the two of us and we have the client work and we are building the products. And so the way that this works is by being able to focus on the 20% of activities that generate the 80% of results. And the third problem is that we started by selling, you know, other than one-on-one -on -one consulting, those digital courses, and we saw that people are not really implementing stuff, you know, that's a problem with, with courses. And when we launched and decided to launch a group, cause this was one of the reason. So we again, apply the 2080 principle to really focus on making sure that people actually do the stuff that's important and make all this like just the experience. Uh, very interactive and immersive so that people actually during the sessions are engaged, are listening, doing stuff and actually implementing and getting results. And this is working and I'm super, super happy about it. What are three roadblocks that you're working on now? So basically we are continuously iterating on our offering, on our products and like how we monetize or, you know, help our clients and Currently, we are really working on a program, so we have all these playbooks, uh, but what we want to offer also our customers is a program where they can go from zero to, you know, account-based marketing, which is one of the things that we help our clients implement in a quarter or two. So we are creating these um, uh, larger programs and combining the different pieces of the puzzle that we have created so far. The second one is what we want to do is we want to replace all our one-to-one uh, -one consulting income with courses and digital products and we really want to focus even more on the things that we enjoy and we know bring a lot of um, uh, impact and, and, and results we want to you know publish more books we want to uh, do more events we want to create more content 
and just focus on content creation, creating those courses, and eventually also hiring the course manager and, you know, being able to just focus on creation of, of knowledge and just promotion of, of what we do. And the third one that we're working on is entering the U.S. market. If you look at our sales, like just pure digital sales last year, probably 80% of our market in terms of um, our audience, let's say, is in Europe, while maybe 50% of sales, digital sales came from the U.S. So definitely it's a growth market for us. But when it comes to group courses, when it comes to one-on-one -on -one consulting, we do have U.S.-based clients. But, and they always say like, oh, wow, like what you guys are doing, it's so in-depth. We never really expected that. Like they're always surprised uh, at the level of detail, at how practical this is and how effective it is, uh, what we're teaching them and what we're doing with them. But somehow that's, they get surprised by it. So in other words, it's not what they expect. And I think there are some perception issues that we will, might need to solve or the way that we communicate it's just different. Uh, there's a lot of competition as well, especially in our space, you know, marketing and sales space. You know, that's probably the most competitive space and the most of the experts are, are, are let's say, US-based and people tend to work with their, you know, uh, uh, let's say people from, from the United States. What are three mental models that you use to do your best work? So I already spoke a lot about the 80-20, right? And so we try to look at 80-20 everywhere. When we are, like, we are already ruthless about, um, you know, we have inbound leads, like, which leads are we going to spend time with? Like, every week we disqualify a lot of people who are, you know, asking to talk to us in the way that we prioritize and plan um, in the way that like, there's so many ideas, there's so many things that we could be doing, but like we spend a lot of time thinking and thinking about what sh we should be doing and what are those, the, the, let's say the 20% of activities that will make the uh, 80% of impact. So this is like the model that has been the most successful for, for me and for our company. Uh, and the second one is, and they're all related, but I think the second one is thinking long-term, you know, <clears throat> if you look at all the marketing activities that we are doing, you know, being there and every day posting on LinkedIn and uh, doing all of these things, it's not like you're going to start uh, posting on LinkedIn and you're going to get an avalanche of leads or you're going to run a webinar and you're going to close like five deals. That's not how it works. It takes time. And especially it takes time to build authority, to build thought leadership, to, you know, build an audience that actually um, knows, likes, and trusts you, right? And people give up too early, usually, uh, because they expect this to be linear. But the good news is that it, there is a compounding effect, really. It's almost, it's like with the investment, like at the beginning, was it like Warren Buffett who said that, you know, the vast majority of his wealth he made after he was 60? That's exactly because of that. But he wouldn't have made it hadn't he invested uh, continuously over time uh, before that and hadn't he thought long, long term. And it's exactly the same thing in business. And I see this everywhere. A lot of 
bad decisions are made because people don't think long-term. And the third one is related again, and it's about consistency. Like it's really, really important, whatever it is that you're doing, especially even it comes like demand generation, audience building, to be consistent, to, you know, always thinking like done is better than perfect. Let's make sure that we get, like I said, like get this out daily, weekly, whatever. And that means that sometimes, you know, instead of, you know, making it super nice and super good and pretty and whatever, uh, you need to get it out there. And actually it's a good thing because you, while you're iterating and thinking about it, you're not really learning. Uh, you're really learning when it's out there in the market and your first version of anything is not going to be good one way or another. And it doesn't matter how hard you make to try it good. <laughs> it's still going to suck. So the only way to make it better is to get it out there, get the feedback from the real people and then, you know, do it again and again and bring the next version and the next version out there. What are three techniques that other GTM teams need to try? Well, one would be definitely co-creation. And like you and I are now doing your co-creating content together with me. So you can co-create with your buyers. This is something that we have been doing for ourselves and with our clients. And have, we have been seeing like amazing results. For example, <clears throat> I decided to build relationships with top marketers. And you know this, right? With top marketers in my home market. And just like wanted to start talking to heads of VPs and, and, and directors and CMOs in the largest B2B tech companies. And I started and I built a list of 20 accounts that I wanted to, you know, build a relationship with and, and engage and activate. And actually I had to stop the outreach after 11 and I was inviting into a podcast and that was like one of the main plays that I used. And I had to stop at 11 because eight of them said yes. And I'm not talking about people who are used to appear on podcasts and, you know, people maybe who are very active online and sharing, creating content, but people who are working simply, you know, uh, in enterprises, you know, executives, they're busy, they're maybe not used to appear uh, in public. And it's just an amazing way to not only create these relationships, but also like learn a lot about target accounts. I mean, you have a conversation and you're learning just uh, unbelievable. And we see that over and over again with our clients. Uh, doesn't have to be a podcast. It can be like, uh, you know, market research report it can be a write-up post. It can be, you know, whatever. And, you know, in, in weird industries, like we, we did a, a play like that in, uh, what was like HVAC, like, um, industry, but manufacturers of HVAC equipment. And again, out of 30 accounts, we had conversations with 11 of them. It's just amazing. Like. The, I mean, no way had we like done other things like send cold email, run some ads that we had so many conversations, so much insight into target. So co-creation uh, from that perspective with buyers, but also just co-creation with what I would like to say with people who your buyers trust. So this would be like influencers, their peers in other companies, um, you know, niche media owners, you know, well, like podcasts, but also, <clears throat> you know, maybe in some cases like associations, 
There's some industries, and it depends depending on the industries, can be different things. But co-creating with them, it's probably it's, what they know in the music business and in the movie business is like the fastest way for you to grow your audience is to tap into existing audience, like you know the warm-up act or the opening act on a, on a rock concert, right? Uh, they get the audience of the bigger band, and it's this, exactly the same thing that you're doing here. And the second one, second technique is what we call account-based demand generation. And there's a lot of talk about account-based marketing on the one hand, and there's a lot of talk about demand generation on the other hand. And really, <clears throat> a lot of times when people talk about demand generation, unfortunately, what they really mean is like running some ads and maybe doing lead generation, etc. But what work what we saw works really well is especially for companies with large deal sizes is uh, being very strategic about who you're targeting as you were doing account-based marketing but then uh, running like these different plays like co-creation and you know doing stuff for example on LinkedIn etc to really create awareness with the right people. Because at the end, you don't need a lot of clients, you need the right clients, and that's why this works. And if you're just doing, like for a lot of a lot of companies, unfortunately, when they do account-based marketing, they maybe run some display ads or create some awareness there, but not really at the level. I mean, that's not very effective. And then they run basically some sort of a cold outreach. And the cold outreach doesn't really work because People don't know you, they don't trust you, they don't, you know, there's lack of awareness. Um, you also don't know them, you don't know a lot about them, you don't know whether they're right fit, you don't know whether they're searching for a solution right now, at what stage they are, etc. So if you do account-based demand generation in the right way, uh, you can kind of get the best of both worlds, let's say the inbound and the outbound. We call it sometimes the all-bound marketing. And the third one uh, is, Really, again, account-based marketing, account-based demand generation, specifically on LinkedIn, like for B2B companies with six-figure deals, uh, it's probably the best platform, not for all industries, but for a lot of industries. Um, and that is an, the platform that makes this, let's say, all-bound account-based demand generation really, really easy and effective because not only that you can create and distribute content in a very targeted way, but you can also engage with your buyers and the people they are connected to. Uh, you know, we talk about this like four different audiences that you can kind of proxy audiences. You can also get on the buyer's uh, radar, but also you can just directly engage with them. You can post thoughtful comments. You can, you know, having non-sales conversations. There's so many things you can do on LinkedIn. It's just amazing that not many, many more companies are doing that. What are three questions you love to ask and why? So really... If I'm thinking about my my prospects or my customers, I mean, that's probably the best invested time is talking to your customers, interviewing your customers and understanding not only like the demographics, demographics, who they are, but really understanding why um, or maybe better said when so what are what are the things that are happening in their business uh, that made them search for a solution like like yours or like ours? Uh, did something ha specific happen to trigger that research? 
you know, what kind of problems we were trying to solve, et cetera, et cetera. So really understanding the triggers, but also understanding how they buy, like what the steps they go through, who is involved, what kind of, you know, criteria, purchase criteria they have, what kind of objections they have. Um, <clears throat> and also, of course, very importantly, like understanding why they chose you instead of your competitors, like really zooming in and into the whole buying journey, understanding the buying journey, why they buy from you, what kind of value they're getting, uh, is probably the best time you can spend. It's probably the most important skill that you should develop as a marketer is asking questions of your customers and understanding your customers. Who are three operators that should be our next guests and why? I know that I can only uh, mention one from my company, but I would, uh, whether I work with him or not, I would definitely, definitely recommend you. Spoke to Andrei Zinkevich. He's really the man that I learned most of my B2B marketing knowledge from. Um, he's my co-founder, but he was also kind of a mentor and uh, a teacher to me. Uh, another person that I would definitely recommend you reach out to if you haven't already is Pip Laya, uh, the CEO of and founder of Winter and CXL. Uh, he's probably, well, in my opinion, is one of the best uh, experts when it comes to B2B marketing strategy and messaging. And just a really, really good guest. It will be an amazing guest for your podcast. And one person who is maybe not as known as Pip is Corina Owens. Uh, she's an, I believe, senior EBM manager at Gong. And she's just, she's just such a lovely uh, person and such a good uh, marketing leader. And I love her advice and tips. It's always so practical. And it's also in a way non-conventional. You know, when she talks about marketing, when she talks about, for example, ABM and uh, marketing for enterprise buyers, I mean, I learn in every conversation and the stuff that you can actually put in practice and apply. For people who love what you're saying, what should they go do next? Definitely. Check out my LinkedIn profile, uh, connect with me, uh, we'll, um, you know, ask if they have any question or just, in, you know, go and check out my posts on LinkedIn, uh, hoping you, you'll drop the link because <laughs> pronouncing my name, uh, or people might not know how to spell it, uh, but, uh, just go and, uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Hey team, what did you think about this? I'm Chris Morgan, host of the Market to Revenue podcast. Shoot me an email right now about what you thought about this episode. It's chris at markettorevenue.com. Talk to you in a moment.